Our Super Bowl is set. Welcome to the Man with the Plan podcast. Whoever is listening, this is our instant reaction show. AFC and NFC championships have come and gone. It's the Chiefs. It's the 49ers in Super Bowl 58. I am super, super excited. We get to do another one of these instant reactions here on the show. We're going to start with Kansas City Chiefs and what I thought was quite the shocking result, if I'm being completely honest. I didn't dive too much into it on our last instant reaction podcast, but I thought the Ravens had a pretty good shot here to head to the Super Bowl and wind up as the NFL champions. They were the best team in football all year. It felt like Lamar Jackson had really found a second groove within his game as a passer. They completely dominated every one of the good teams. They had blown out 40, the 49ers. They had blown out the Lions. They had really taken care of business in every way, shape, and form to secure that number one seed, to become the AFC champion, to get to Las Vegas and be the Super Bowl, to be the champions as it goes down. But Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Spags, a masterclass in coaching. I want to start with Kansas City, and then we'll get into the meltdown. That was Baltimore. So going into this year with Kansas City, their offense, the way they've operated, it felt like that once they got to the postseason, they were going to run into a superior offense. Mahomes wasn't going to be able to do enough with this supporting cast. Kelsey in the squad, they they led the league in drops. I thought that was going to be a big factor heading into the NFL playoffs. Obviously, I felt like they were going to take care of Miami. Buffalo, I felt like that was their first roadblock. And if not that, it would be Baltimore in Maryland in the AFC championship game. Not the case. The Chiefs won a low-scoring game, 17-10. to 10. They had Baltimore in check the entire afternoon. And the thing that really resonated with me with, with the Chiefs was two things. It was their been there, done that quality and the evolution of Patrick Mahomes as a QB. So let's start with the latter, actually. What I mean by that is we're all so used to Mahomes dazzling with us with big plays, big opportunities, big moments. It's third and 10. We need you to make a play. He's usually going to deliver with something spectacular, something that has the announcer's jaw drop from the booth, something that leaves Twitter, TikTok, Instagram millions of views of how in the heck did he do that? But what I was preaching with the homes in late 2021, 2022 was the easier throws. And it started really in the Super Bowl against Tom, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, where it felt like they were relying on that big play, the big mystical. How does he do that type of throw? And the more Mahomes has gotten older and grown, he's starting to take the te- check downs. He's starting to take those five yard shots, being very methodical within his game. And you saw that today with Baltimore and him and Travis Kelsey, besides their backyard football plays that we're accustomed to, it was the checkdowns to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It was the screens to Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice that made the difference and really spread out this aggressive Baltimore front seven and really put the pressure on them. You could see in certain drives, and we, I had a big watch party and people would be asking me, why? where's the aggression here? I think part of it, they didn't respect Baltimore's offense enough once they realized they had Lamar Jackson in check. And I think the other half of it is, is that they're just going to take what the defense is giving them and play that long game with the most talented defense that Mahomes has worked with his entire career. Spags did an excellent job as well. And we're going to talk about just the, the layers to that performance. And then obviously with the Chiefs, this is one of those games where they're facing off against a Baltimore Ravens team where this is a new stage for them. And so it's different when it's the home game against the NFL divisional round where you're favored by 10 and a half points against a rookie QB. This is a team that's been the Super Bowl four of Mahomes' Four times in six years that Mahomes has been the starter. They're used to this stage like it's week 16. And you could certainly tell whether it was taunting penalties on, say, Flowers, whether it was the Chiefs overcoming certain adversities where Lamar makes a big play and then the Chiefs respond with a nine-minute drive 
to go up 14 to seven. It was the dynastic qualities that we talked about that they had against Buffalo that once again appeared in a different way. And you could just see that throughout the entire game. The Chiefs mentally were outclassing Baltimore. Coaching-wise, they were outcoaching Baltimore. It was a complete masterclass on just the mental and physical aspects of football that go so underrated. We're going to talk about Mahomes' backyard catches with Travis Kelsey going 10 of 10 to start the game on the road, those opening drives. But it's the game, it's the throws that Mahomes didn't make, the throws that Mahomes will have thrown under the radar, I think, that really made the difference for me, at least, watching as a neutral observer. And this team really reminds me of the 2018 Patriots in a way where a lot of people were finally ready to catch them out. They were the two seed. They weren't that usual. They're going to be in Gillette till they go to the Super Bowl. Julian Edelman was on his last legs. Rob Gronkowski was on his last legs. It felt like it was the last chance, and they were a little vulnerable going into Kansas City against an MVP quarterback on the road against when you st- stacked it up. The Kansas City Chiefs had a better roster than New England did that year, and it was just the mistakes of Kansas City that wasn't familiar with the moment that led the way for New England to be able to win that game in overtime. It's a little different circumstances. Brady on his sixth Super Bowl, Mahomes potentially winning his third. Uh, this is their first stage of their dynasty. But it felt like, yeah, their offense has been presumed dead on arrival. But here they are back in the Super Bowl in the biggest stage. When you look at it on the other end, I don't understand the Super Bowl game plan or the AFC Championship game plan, pardon, by Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. If any Ravens fans are watching, they probably agree with me. It felt like their identity all year was power football. Gus Edwards, uh, Keaton Mitchell when he was healthy, Lamar Jackson really getting through the trenches and winning through that. I think they're averaging close to 150 yards on the ground. And I think Gus Edwards touches the ball maybe five times. And it felt like there was a point where they had thrown the ball 13 or 14 straight times. It really, to me, looked like someone was playing Madden and set the thing to four verts. I saw this on Twitter a lot where there's a lot of criticism towards Baltimore's offensive game plan was where we were talking about, Hey, Mahomes go make a play. And he was making the small plays. It was the opposite where they were wanting Lamar to make the deep throw first and 10. We're going long first and 10. We're going long Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham. And it just didn't work out. It felt like the qualities that Lamar Jackson had built throughout the season, whether you think it's quarterbacky enough, you can't throw an interception into triple coverage in the end zone, trying to get back into this game. Zay flowers, despite the fact that he's a rookie, He's been in the league long enough. He can't do that kind of taunting penalty in your own goal line. That potentially changes the trajectory of the game. And it ended up being the yards that cost them with Zay Flowers ending up fumbling in the end zone. So to me, it was Ravens. The the moment was too bright. Lamar Jackson melted down in the playoffs. We have seen this, and it was a narrative that we've developed. He was 2-3 and in the playoffs entering this with two wins against Ryan Tannehill in a rookie QB that was completely overmatched roster-wise, and was on the heels of a really great story. And so the Ravens have to go back to the drawing board here. I don't understand why they didn't rely on what made them great all year. Maybe it's because Mahomes and that aura that the Chiefs have, you start to overthink things and you start to outthink yourself almost. But to me, it felt like the Chiefs came in. They, they took the crowd out early. Mahomes made plays when he needed to, and he didn't make the big mistake. And Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did, and it's as simple as that. And when we go to the Lions and the 49ers on the other end, what an unbelievable, unbelievable comeback. And so this really was a tale of two halves. The Detroit Lions, they came out like they did against the Rams where they wanted to challenge Brock Purdy. They wanted to put him trailing, essentially. Said, we're going to have you beat us, not it be we're trailing the entire game and it becomes a Christian McCaffrey show. 
they're going to hand the ball off to him 30 times. And McCaffrey's going to have 150 yards, a couple touchdowns. And McCaffrey had the two touchdowns, but there were goal-to-go situations. He averaged under four yards a carry. Wasn't his best day in terms of an offensive capability. And once you're down 24-7, his effectiveness becomes minute because you have to throw the ball. You have to get the ball downfield. And this was a game that Brock Purdy, first half, wasn't pretty. I'll acknowledge that. And we'll acknowledge on this podcast that I am a Brock Purdy supporter. And if you follow me on Twitter, which you absolutely should, it's in the description. I said that this was the game Brock, this we've always talked about. There's a discourse surrounding Brock Purdy. And I'm in the camp that if he was a first round quarterback, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But I digress. We've talked about how the system surrounding Purdy, it's about don't make a mistake. Don't lose it for us. Down 24 to seven. They have to let him let him loose, let him rip the ball. And he absolutely did. And there's certain things that, yeah, maybe he didn't have a phenomenal day passing, but it was the third down throws. It was finding Debo Samuel. It was finding George Kittle. Extending plays with his legs. Converting third downs with his legs. Scrambling to potentially, I think it was two 20-yard-plus scrambles that he had in the fourth quarter that extended the drive for the 49ers. Kept the clock in check. And it ended up being the difference because the Lions had to sacrifice a timeout at fourth or third and goal after trying to run it and get back into this game. So for Detroit or for San Francisco, you're in the Super Bowl because of number 13. So if there are any doubts about him being a franchise QB, being able to carry the weight, carry his own weight, because that's been our argument, is Brock Purdy a product of the system or is he the reason the system is benefiting, the reason the system is propelling themselves? Brock Purdy won this tonight, and we said this against Green Bay. He had a drive where he had to go win it for this team, converted a couple third downs. Today, he did it again in an even bigger stage, down 17 points. That's a big ask for a lot of QBs in the postseason. Some fall apart. We saw that today earlier, down like 10 at home. Lamar Jackson threw a pick in the end zone and triple coverage, had some big miscues, felt a little unsure of himself in the big moment. Brock Purdy, complete opposite. He was almost perfect in the second half, and I, I have nothing but great things to say about the way the 49ers just rode the ship, rode the ship and said, hey, if we can get a couple stops on defense and give 13 the ball and let him do his business we're going to have a chance to win. And they took care of that in the second half. Unreal, 27 unanswered points. And on the other end, it's Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions storybook season coming to an end. I thought that he made the smart decision. It was close to halftime. They're up 21 to 7. It's fourth and goal at the three. My first thought is, okay, he's going to go for this and try to go up 28 to 7. Instead, he opts to take the three possession lead, kicks the field goal. They go into halftime up 24 to 7. The game at that point felt pretty much out of hand. And if the 49ers didn't do something to begin the first, the second half, they were going to be in trouble. And so there were two fourth down situations for the Lions where they had an opportunity to kick maybe close to a 50-yard field goal, 48, 52, within that range, and they didn't take it. And I saw a stat that Detroit's line, when it was 40-plus, his percentage dropped significantly, but I think... The identity of Detroit was always, we're going to go for it, we're going to fake punt, we're going to be different from the rest of the NFL. And we fell in love with that over the course of 2023 into the postseason because that's who the Lions were. They were different. They were gritty. They bite off kneecaps. But it, in that same situation, and Campbell opting, and if Campbell had done this at, before halftime and gone for it and it had been more consistent, I would have seen the direction. But when you go for the smart choice of taking the points, and you had the 49ers starting to feel themselves. They had a field goal on that drive. You're up 24 to 10 still. Fourth and three. 
I feel like you got to take the points there because it becomes a three possession game. Again, you almost nullify the field goal and you're back to square one. You're back to the basics of where you were at halftime and he opts to go for it. And then the other decision where 49ers continue to storm back. It's a tie game. You're potentially able to extend your, you're down 30 to 27 pardon, or sorry, you're down 27, 24, excuse me. You have a chance to tie the game and keep things relatively close. Even if the 49ers go down score, you got plenty of time to be able to do the same thing. And you do the same thing yet again. You go for it. You fail. And I think that's who the Lions were. We fell in love with it, and it cost them in the NFC Championship. The Lions just made several crucial mistakes. It felt like down the stretch, they almost overthunk it like Baltimore did with their game plan against Kansas City. The moment wasn't too big for them because they really came out with attention and focus. And now the Lions' future, we're going to see where Ben Johnson does. He's likely the commander's coach. As this podcast posts tomorrow, it'll probably be announced. He's been linked to be a slam dunk hire. We'll see what that happens. But I think you got to give the Lions a ton of credit. Nobody expected them to be this far. Maybe a playoff team. But to get two wins in the postseason, be on the doorstep of a Super Bowl, the future of this team and the culture is very bright. And I think we need to acknowledge that. While we acknowledge that the 49ers had pretty much a landmark day in terms of their franchise, it's whether it's Kyle Shanahan with big leads and it collapsing in the second half, He's been really to turn that around against Green Bay and now Detroit to go to the Super Bowl. So 49ers in Kansas City in Super Bowl 58, pretty crazy stuff, right? I mean, wow, I'm really excited about it. And I will probably do a prediction show down the road. Um, pretty, pretty stoked about it. Uh, I know people say this is the boring matchup of the two, but we're going to get to see Purdy in a great roster against Mahomes, Andy Reid. We're going to see what they cook up coaching-wise. and. That was what I really fell on in, in Super Bowl 57 with Philly and Kansas City is that that was such a great coaching game, great coach game by that Kansas City staff. And they got their hands full against a great 49ers team filled with talent on each end and a quarterback that's on the rise. So my my gut tells me to go to San Francisco, but I've also bet against Mahomes twice and I'm over two. So we'll see how that goes. But you'll have to stay tuned for more of these instant reactions. We've got some great guests book along the way. I'm very excited about that. Really, you have to stay tuned. The The people that I have set up, whether it's great stories, great anal and analysis, guys, what a better time to be a subscriber than right now. So, guys, thank you for listening to my instant reaction of the AFC and NFC Championship games. Subscribe if you enjoyed the show. Leave a comment about your thoughts on the game. Let me know what you think. Guys, thanks as always for tuning in. Have a fantastic day and take care.